from the studios of One Jack's Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, welcome back once again to an episode of The Revealing. Uh, we are um, humbled and grateful that you have chosen to listen in once again, kind of join us uh, over the airwaves, so to speak, as we uh, just open the Word and uh, get into the book, and Lord willing, let the book get into us. Um, we are here with our normal crew, Pastor Frank and uh, Christopher Wing, along with myself, and uh, so it's uh, good to see you guys. Hopefully it's equally good for y'all to see me. If not, y'all have to deal with it. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, good, good to have y'all here with us. And uh, we are continuing our study, um, our, our third and final series or, or uh, episode in the series on Daniel's 70th week. No? Yes? Yeah. Good. All right. We're all on the same page there. So uh, if, um, if any of our listeners out there have been tracking with us, um, we, we do want to uh, thank you for that, and we're going to just step right into uh, the last part of this. If you have not caught the last two episodes, um, boy, oh boy, we do ask and implore you and encourage you to, to um, check in on those. Uh, maybe just just stop this and, and uh, go do that, because um, those were very critical um, verses and things that uh, the Word of God has to offer that, that we dove into over the last couple weeks there um, that really set the stage uh, because the last couple episodes, we were looking into the, the 69 uh, weeks um, of Daniel 9 and um, kind of put all that together, historically speaking. And and here we are today looking at the uh, 70th week in particular, that, that one week of, of seven years, as we found out by comparing Scripture with Scripture, um, that one week that all of history is culminating to um, the time that the Bible calls that time of uh, Jacob's trouble— and um, that that day of the Lord, uh, as the Bible calls it. So um, uh, we're going to be primarily uh, in this episode in the book of Revelation. Uh, so uh, we, we will uh, camp out there for a bit. Um, so if you have your Bibles there, we, we would encourage you to to, to be there. Um, but just a few few thoughts, uh, Frank and, and Chris, as we um, look into the Revelation here. There's so much that um, I'll be impressed if we get this in one episode. But mm. but I know that's the goal. Um, because there's just so much, Pastor Frank. I know we uh, at One Baptist Church Jacksonville, you preached a, a series on Revelation that spanned uh, four years. So um, we're going to tackle. Uh, try and do a bit one episode in 45 <laughs> minutes or 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to stop stalling in that regard, and so we can get to it. Um, but just in the way of introductions, um, Revelation, uh, not Revelations, the mm. the book of the Revelation. Um, is probably, uh, without a doubt, the um, least read book of the Bible um, and most misunderstood book of the Bible by Christians today. Um, and you have to ask yourselves why that that's the case. Um, who are we revealing? Um, or no, we're not doing the revealing. Who is the revealing, or who who is the revelation about? Um, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1 and verse 1 says. And there's only one um, that, that we know, uh, our enemy, who uh, would want to conceal or, or hide or confuse 
that revealing, that revelation of him. And so it's so important uh, that we talk about these things here on this episode uh, that you're hopefully tracking with us. Um, not only that, but specifically in, in Revelation chapter 1, uh, in verse, um, uh, let me see here, uh, verse 3, I believe it is. Yeah, verse 3, uh, there, there's a very um, specific and particular promise uh, blessing that, that is given to the uh, the readers of this book uh, that no other book of the Bible, no none of the other 65 books um, are able to boast of this promise um, save this one particular book. And not that any book is more important than the other, right? But we know that uh, the book of Revelation specifically says in verse 3 of chapter 1, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And so there's a blessing there on, on those that read it. Uh, there's a blessing there on those that hear the words, and then one for those that, that actually keep those words. And so it's our hope today that as we talk about this, we're not just hearers or, or readers, as it were, but that we um, are doers of the word, as James tells us to be. And uh, man, if, if you have never read through Revelation, uh, maybe um, you, you're just, you just feel like you're too confused by it, or um, just intimidated, or or what have you. Um, man, don't don't let the enemy have his way in that. Um, we encourage you to do that and to uh, start here in this episode. So, um, Chris, I'm gonna um, ask you to to kind of kick us off here today, and um, maybe just kind of lead us up to. Uh, what this 70th week is, that, that, that rapture of the church that Revelation 4.1 talks about, um, specifically Revelation uh, 2 and 3, and then kind of leading up to that point. Um, what, what do we see there that God is doing um, in these pages? Right. Well, like you said, I just want to, I don't want to gloss over what you just said either, because the, the importance behind understanding that the, there is actually a particular blessing on the reading and knowing and keeping of this particular book, this particular prophecy, is is really significant because no other book in the Bible it doesn't is said about that. Yeah. So for those who would say that they're just too intimidated by this book, I mean, there's reason why he puts a blessing on it. I mean, it's it's that Amen. important. Amen. So first of all, don't don't gloss over that. And what what Robert said is very very important. There, it, it is a, a book that needs to be uh, well known and rightly divided. So, okay, so we've talked about the, the first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy, and we're leading into the 70th week, or the final seven years. Remember, we talked about those being weeks of years, if you listen to the, the previous uh, episodes. Yeah. So we're entering into the, the final 70th week, or week of years of Daniel's prophecy, the last, what we would call, seven years of the tribulation period, as you said, Jacob's trouble. Mm -hmm. And so what happens now is, as God is stopped counting time because the nation of Israel is 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 how he he uses his uh, stopwatch to count time in history with the church age now comes to a culmination so so by that Chris you mean when Israel is in their land yes when they are fulfilling God's plan for them right. so to speak that's at when we're moving biblically through through, through time. Through time, right? yep. That's when, when God counts time. When Israel is in captivity, mm -hmm. um, when they're not in their land, etc., that's when he, so to speak, stops the time. Right. The, the now, biblical. time continues on, but he isn't counting it, as, yes. a, as it were. Of course. Good. So now he hits the clock again and starts to actually count that time, yeah. and that's where the 70th week, or the last seven years, uh, is fulfilled. And so, 
before that happens, something, an event has to take place, and that is what we call the rapture of the church. The church has to be taken out. Now, there are different views, and we've discussed that in previous podcasts here, that people will hold to how and when the rapture of the church happens, but here we believe that it happens before the tribulation. Okay, we call ourselves the pre-tribulation uh, rapture believers, and biblically that is very uh, well laid out. So, And that, you, can, you can see that. Um, excuse me. You can see that um, in, in our, our um, episode on the seven mysteries, right? Uh, the, the rapture of the church specifically. Yep. And yeah. if you haven't listened to that, I implore you to go back and do so, so that you can make sure you know where we're at and how that lays out biblically. So God hits the time clock. The rapture, rapture of the church is taken out. God then hits the time clock, and this last seven years takes place. Now, what's important is also that we enter into an Old Testament dispensation where. Things that worked in the Old Testament now are, are back to that uh, that period of time and dispensation because now, remember, God's turning his attention back to the nation of Israel. And again, you can go back and listen to our seven uh, mysteries because that's one of them, a rest- restoration of Israel. That's what re- results from this last seven years that takes place. So he enters back into the Old Testament dispensation. The way things worked in the Old Testament it now uh, is the way it works in this time frame as opposed to the time we're living in now, the church age. So... Uh, all of that changes and reverts back to that. And that's one of the reasons why it's very important to understand dispensations and, and how this book of Revelation really lays itself out. So Paul writes to seven churches in the New Testament, and, and they correspond to the seven churches that Jesus writes to here in chapters 1 through 3. Um, well, chapters 2 and 3 specifically. Right. Chapter 1 sets everything up, and then chapters 2 and 3 represents the church age. Or There are seven literal, ch- literal churches that are written to, but they represent the culmination of the entire church age. Okay, And we are in the final uh, church, which is the church of Laodicea. And once that happens, that's when the rapture of the church happens, and we enter into uh, the tribulation period. Okay, so just to be clear, uh, what we're saying in Revelation 2 and 3 mm-hmm. is that there are seven churches that, that uh, Jesus... Um, speaks to that that mm-hmm. he's writing to right. Yep. And those are seven historical churches in Asia Minor, mm-hmm. um, real building churches, flesh yes. and, and bone, uh, people, um, real circumstances, real trials, historical application. Right. And then there's a prophetic application. However, at the same time, and not to minimize from that uh, historical application, when you look back, and this is the benefit that we have being in the 21st century. Uh, you look back at um, the church age, um, and you see how each of these, each of the things that were characteristic of that particular church that Jesus talks about, the things he commended them for, the things he condemned them for, the things that they was that was going on, the trials, uh, its tribulation, etc. Those are incidentally enough characteristic of. The, the the last approximately two thousand years of church history exactly uh, yes. and and there's just that those are just facts they are right our our pastor here likes to say <laughs> facts are a stubborn thing that's right and and, and it's just it's true mm-hmm. um so you look at that and you're like man there's something to that absolutely hundred percent and so from the start of the church to the very end when the rapture happens is what those chapters two and three t- uh, represent prophetically speaking the entire time period that you just explained. And so once you then after that, you have chapters three, uh, four and five, which are the scene in heaven where after the church is taken out, it's we're in with the Lord in heaven. And that's what chapters four and five of Revelation take place. And then six through 19 is the actual tribulation period that takes place. And it's not in chronological order, mind you, but that is the time of the tribulation period uh, okay. of the day of the Lord. And okay. then um, chapter uh, that's through 19. And then after that is uh, the millennial reign and uh, the great white throne judgment and eternity future. Okay, so can we um, kind of take that timeline and, and condense it? Because Revelation 
um, chapter one, verse nineteen. Yep, it, which is the key. Yep, it's a very, it's yes. very important that building you, up to if that. You're yep. listening to this. You, you really want to stop and this is where you really, really want to listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, Pastor Robert's about to say here, because this is the key to breaking down the Book of Revelation properly. Yeah. This is the outline that the Lord Himself gives yes, us of right. this book. Absolutely. This isn't Frank, Robert, Chris. Right. So I would say read verse 10 first. Do it. Right. So Revelation 1.10 says, uh, this is John speaking, says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now remember that Lord's day is the the time of the the, the end here, the tribulation period. Now, Chris, uh, just interjecting here. Yeah. Make sure the, the, the listeners are aware that the Lord's day is not Sunday. It is not Sunday. There's no way you're going to go through Scripture and come anywhere close to understanding or believing that the Lord's day is Sunday, although... I promise you, if you have a commentary right now in front of you, and you go to Revelation one ten, I would be shocked if you don't see in that commentary that the Lord's Day being referenced to Sunday. Yeah. Now, I think we took a, an episode, uh, or we talked about we talked about uh, the Lord's Day at yeah. some point uh, during our, I think our ten keys of Bible study. Yep. I think we talked about uh, making sure that we understand that the Lord's Day is is the seven-year tribulation leading into the millennial reign of Christ. That's the Lord's Day uh, that biblically defined. Uh, you're going to find that all through the Old Testament. All of the Old Testament prophets refer to the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll say things like, in that day, at that time. Or so, just the day of the Lord. The day of right? the Lord, right. And we see the same phrase in Revelation 1.10, on the Lord's day. Yeah. And, and Frank, what you said is, again, just like Chris said earlier, that cannot be, that should not be overlooked. Don't gloss over that because there is not one instant in all of the Word of God where Sunday is the Lord's day, right? We've kind of adopted that, so to speak, sure. in, in our... Well, and that's why so many people, unfortunately, misrepresent what's going on here in Revelation. Yeah. Understanding that verse, and Chris, you're right, bringing us to verse 10, because mm-hmm. understanding what happened was John got taken by spirit right. to the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. He got taken to the tribulation period. Yeah. So he's now seeing uh, things from that perspective. Yeah. That so he he has been taken into the future, yeah, to the Lord's day, to the day of the Lord, that seven year tribulation period. That's where he's being planted, yeah. And then that's where he says, "Go ahead." In Chris. verse nineteen, yeah, he says, "Write these." Then he says, "After that, because that's where John's perspective starts from, the Lord's day." He says, "Now the Lord says to him, write these thing, the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter." And so that's the perspective that the book of Revelation is, is laid so he, out So he's in. not writing this from the island of Patmos in 95 AD. Right. Right. He, that, that's not the perspective. He's right. in the Lord's day. Right. He's gone through the church age. He is at the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. So, so what are the things that he has seen? The church. The, the church, church age. age. That would be Revelation Rev- 2 and 3. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what would be the things that are? The tribulation itself. Which would be chapters six through nineteen, yep, if correct. I'm not mistaken, yep, and then the, again from that perspective, the things which shall be hereafter, that would be the millennium, the new heaven, the new earth, Revelation eternity, twenty twenty two, yeah, exactly, twenty two, exactly. Okay, so mm-hmm. so we kind of have that that understanding, that perspective, that outline, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think we're good there. Um, okay, so uh, Pastor Frank, um, talk to us a little bit more um, as we kind of go into that about what. Um, 
not that we'll have to expect this because we will not be here uh, as blood-bought believers, uh, but he does share with us in his word what's going to be happening um, during that week, during Daniel's 70th week. Um, and, and just as he does, we mentioned this in one of the last few episodes, I believe, just as he talks about his first coming from four perspectives, the four Gospels, his second coming, I mean, the events that unfold of that day are also talked about in four different uh, pers- mm-hmm. accounts or perspectives, mm-hmm. so to speak. So can you kind of just take that and kind of unfold that and run with that uh for us for a little bit. Sure. And and so let's just make sure we get on the same page. If we're not, uh, we are discussing Daniel's 70 week prophecy. Um, we've already uh, in our past two episodes uh, on the subject have, have broken down the 69 weeks. Right. And what we uh, are, are sir, you know, what we're, 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 we're making the claim here because we believe this is exactly what the Bible's teaching is that after Jesus's death on the cross, when the Messiah gets cut off, uh, Daniel 9, 24 mm-hmm. uh, th- uh, through 27, mm-hmm. right? 26, I think, is where he says the Messiah is going to be cut off. Um, there is a time stop. Uh, and what we're saying is, is the reason for that time spot stop is because is God's no longer going to deal with the nation of Israel. Uh, if you go to uh, Acts 1, uh, you will find, in, if I remember correctly, verse 6 and 7, uh, you know, the, the disciples uh, before the ascension of Christ asked Christ if, if he's going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time. And, uh, of course, Jesus says it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has in, their, in his hand. Mm-hmm. And what he says then is, is that now you're going to go into all the world and be witnesses for me, and you're going to witness to the kingdom of God. Uh, and uh, so the kingdom of heaven gets put on hold. And we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. I believe those are going to be our next episodes. If, yeah. uh, so that's, it, you know, we, we'll kind of break that down for you later. But understand uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, is a physical, literal kingdom where Jesus is going to sit on the throne and rule over uh, the nation of Israel uh, from uh, Jerusalem. And that has been put on hold now. What is now happening is this this parenthetical, if you will, and I think we talked about this uh, already, uh, in which we call the church age. And, you know, somebody who's listening might go, oh, wait a minute, man, where you, you can't just do that. You can't just insert stuff like that, you know. Well, here's the thing. Um, certainly, we would never do anything that's not biblical. Uh, and certainly, we wouldn't want to talk about things that aren't biblical um, and, and try to insert our own ideas. Uh, you know, when we're talking about Daniel 70 weeks, unfortunately, most people think that those 70 weeks, uh, when they started, they went through the full 70 weeks and finished. Well, the problem with that is, is uh, clearly, uh, you know, it's talking about when Messiah is going to get cut off, which he got cut off in 32 AD is when he got nailed to the cross. Um, if you continue that line of thinking, then the 70 weeks would have ended in 39 AD. Mm-hmm. And what took place, what takes place in verse number uh, 27, uh, has that did not happen mm. uh, in that period of seven times, uh, seven years. So clearly something. You're talking about the abomination desolation. Right. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Jesus even said, when you see, therefore, the abomination yeah. of desolation. Uh, run into the hilltops and things of that matter over there in Matthew 24. Right. Uh, and and certainly uh, the Antichrist has not come into the temple to desecrate it. And he certainly didn't do it between 32 and 39 AD. So something happened. Uh, 
obviously in the in the first part of that Matthew 24 chapter, um, Jesus is talking about when the temple is going to be torn down, uh, and that didn't happen until 70 A.D. So right there shows us there was some kind of interval, at, at minimum, 70 A.D., which unfortunately most people are going to try to try to adhere to. Uh, and what we're saying is is that that 70th week has not taken place yet. And the reason why it hasn't taken place yet, and the reason why we know it hasn't taken place yet, is because God has not fulfilled all of his day of the Lord promises that he made to Israel in the Old Testament. So if they're not fulfilled, then, you know, either God lied about it mm-hmm. or uh, he, he fully intends on doing it. Mm. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this is where you're going to get that covenant yeah. theology come stepping in. And they're going to claim that God's actually fulfilling all those Old Testament promises through the church. Yeah. And, and I would argue, find one verse that says that that's the truth, that, that that's how this is going to go down. And, and maybe we could adhere to that, but you wouldn't, you, you'd be very hard pressed to find even one verse to even suggest that. Right. Romans, Romans 11 would completely negate anybody thinking that the church has replaced Israel. Yes, sir. God's not done with Israel. All of his promises are going to hold true. And, um, you know, again, talking about this interval, just to make sure we're clear, God, God you know, God gives us examples uh, of the of the uh, of this interval um, many times in His Scripture. And uh, if I could, I would like to just bring us to maybe one or two of them. Um, first one that I think I would uh, bring bring people to is Genesis forty nine, uh, where uh, Jacob uh, is is on his deathbed, and he is. Uh, going over and, and talking to his 12 sons about what's going to befall them in the last, last days. days. Right. Okay. So obviously he's talking about something uh, much broader than uh, what's going to happen to them in the next upcoming years. When he, when he says last days, he's talking about the tribulation period. Mm. That's what he's talking about. So and there's that, that applicate that dual application. Pe- absolutely. Or that, there are three absolutely. applications, but yeah. And of course that helps us understand what's going on in revelation seven. Uh, when you're when you're talking about the the, the twelve tribes of Israel that everyone tr- tries to claim that they are mm. representative of, and no, it's the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. And why is it the twelve tribes of Israel? Because God has turned His attention right. back on Israel in the tribulation period. He's now pleading with Israel that Jesus is their Messiah, and in, it won't be until Hosea six one through three when they finally do call upon Jesus as their Messiah. That's when Jesus is going to make his return at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Now, uh, that's Revelation 19, of course. but And he was prepared to do that in Acts chapter uh, uh, 7 with Stephen. Sure. Uh, if Israel responded to Stephen's message, Jesus Which was standing. Did. He was ready to respond. They didn't. So now he's seated at the right hand right. when they which, do in which Revelation. Which technically kicked off the church age. Yeah. And he was actually, we see it. He was actually ready to, to give them the kingdom even before that, sure. if they would have accepted John the Baptist. Sure. sure. Because he would have been, he would have been the spirit of Elijah. Elijah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, again, but again, going back to that Genesis forty-nine passage, um, if you were to go to verse uh, talking when he talks about um, uh, in verse uh, Judah in verse eleven and twelve, uh, he says that uh, binding his foal under the vine and his ass colt under the choice vine, um, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Um, so right there in that verse you see the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Right. Okay. You, you see the, uh, when it says there that uh, he binded his, uh, 
uh, vol, vol onto a vine and escort onto a choice vine. That's when Jesus rode in on that donkey yeah. mm-hmm. at his first coming. And when it says he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes, mm-hmm. that's the second coming of Christ. So in one verse, you see an, mm. uh, the interval of 2,000 years. He's talking about the first coming. Now, now when you see that, um, if you will, that little semicolon, what I would, what I would say is, okay, now enter the church age. Now come out of the semicolon. And he washed his garments in see, the day of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's good. Another example is Jesus himself does it over in Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to go to Luke chapter number four, um, you you know Jesus is uh, goes into uh, a synagogue, and he uh, <clears throat> while he's in uh, Na- Nazareth, and uh, they while he's in there they they deliver unto him the book of Isaiah. Uh, and and uh, Jesus opens up the book to chapter number 61. Uh, I don't know if it was chapters back then, but he opens up to what we know as chapter number 61, and he starts to read, and what he reads is, is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the, of the Lord. And he closed the book, and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasted on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And again, uh, that's what Jesus was going to do at his first coming. Now, there's one key component to all this. If you go to Isaiah 61, you notice that when he closed that book, there was something he didn't mention. Right. And what he didn't mention was, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Mm. Why? Because that's the second coming. Mm. There's a 2,000-year interval that Christ didn't make mention of in his first coming because he knew that that wasn't the time that that was going to take place. And so he stopped at the comma there. He stopped at the comma, right. Every jot and tittle. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, again, there's just a couple of examples to show uh, that, that, that clearly the Bible teaches these, these intervals. Um, and there's many, many more uh, if we really wanted to take the time to go through it. But I just wanted to make sure, uh, if anybody's listening, uh, that you understand that you know we're we this church age, Revelation two and three, is 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 the interval, yeah. And that's where we're living right now. That the the seventieth week of Daniel, uh, the day of the Lord, the time in which uh, John, uh, the disciple John, got take the apostle John got taken to has not taken place yet. Yeah. But he uh, got to witness it. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, so did Daniel. And if, if you think that those 70 weeks um, of Daniel 9 were just consecutive weeks uh, without the cutting off and the parenthetical of the church, et cetera, then you're going to come to Revelation and think of it all as historical or symbolic and allegorical. Which, by the way, many people do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Therein I, lies the, the wrong division. Which I, I e., uh, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Roman Catholicism, uh, you know, they, they, they take this book and they, they make the book of Revelation as something that has already taken place. Yeah. And once you do that, uh, you know, one of the fascinating things about the book of Revelation that uh, just probably, you know, uh, you know, again, shameless plug, right? I, I wrote a book. The Lord led me to write a book based on the book of Revelation. Why? Uh, because for me, uh, it is the most unbelievable 
and you're right, all 66 books are, are important. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I don't think you can unlock the other 65 books without the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why God put that special blessing on it. Well, you got to think about it. The Old Testament, the prophets wrote more about this time frame than any other time frame. The book of Revelation uh, refers back to the Old Testament by my count, and I'm sure my count isn't even good, but over 800 times. Yeah. That means we might want to know something about the Old Testament. So if you've heard us mention Frank's book in the past episodes and you're interested in that, you can you can find that online at, at our church our local church's website at onebaptistjacks.world, and um, you can get that order form and kind of get that all set up there if you're interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, nothing beats the Bible. Amen. And uh, so certainly uh, that is the, 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 uh, the most important reference point that we can take. Um, but again, so when we're talking about the book of Revelation, uh, you know, the, the most fascinating thing that I think about that book more than anything to me is it calls out. If you, if you divide it right and you get it in its right uh, uh, context, uh, what God effectively does is he calls out every false religion, every false doctrine, anything that's false, God calls it out right in the book of Revelation. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that gives us the confidence that we can really determine uh, from a from a biblical standpoint, what is right and what is wrong? Sure. What is the the, the spirit of truth and what is the spirit of error? Uh, and the Book of Revelation is just a fascinating book to do that. Um, you know, but that's neither here nor there. I guess we're we're trying to unravel the the seventieth week of Daniel, and uh, ultimately, what you're going to see is uh, that get unraveled uh, through the Book of Revelation. Revelation 6 through 19, uh, as you've already stated. And, and obviously, uh, when you get into Revelation 6 through 19, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, prophecies that speak of that period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you just read Revelation 6 through 19 and think you're going to put the pieces of the puzzle together, you're, you're going to be very, very sadly mistaken. You need to go back to that Old Testament. And you need to start to unravel what all the prophets spoke about during that period of time and you need to start putting those pieces of the puzzle together properly to to really unravel uh what the book of revelation especially chapters 6 through 19 are talking about and obviously in the scope of 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 this podcast uh you know robert you said it before right we spent four years on this subject right Uh, and and by the way we could have spent eight years on this subject sure um you know uh, so we obviously can't do that in the scope of this uh, podcast, but uh, maybe what we could do in the time we have remaining is just maybe uh, try to help people get a uh, preliminary yeah. start yeah. to to how to to rightly uh, put this uh, revelation in 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 its uh, proper order. Uh, again, we're talking about that that seventieth week of Daniel. Of course, the seventieth week of Daniel. We talked about this uh, within the last couple of episodes. We talk about how each week. Is uh, is uh, a reference to actually seven years of time, um, so sixty nine weeks have already taken place. That's four hundred and eighty three years, uh, and we gave the reference points to to the how the Bible teaches us what a week is in in, in seven years. Uh, if I recall, that we we did that back in Genesis twenty nine, yeah, talking about how uh, Jacob worked uh, seven uh, a week, seven years for his wife uh, uh, Rachel. Um, but anyways, uh, so uh, there's no doubt about it. We're talking about the seven-year pe- period of time. 
when you look at Revelation 6 through 19, you, you dive into there, you're going to see a couple terms uh, that are uh, very interesting that help us also pinpoint the seven-year period of time. Uh, you're going to see the, the term time, times, and time and a half. And from a Jewish perspective, uh, what that is is a, a, a time is one year, times is two years, two. and times and a half would be a half a year. Mm -hmm. So if you add one plus two plus a half, you get three and a half years. Um, so there's one way that the book of Revelation is broken down. It's broken down in its three and a half year increments. And then the other way uh, you'll see it referred to is 42 months. And of course, um, it doesn't take much to go 12 plus 12 plus 12, three years, plus six, a half year, equals 42 months. Again, three and a half years. So, so even the book of Revelation breaks, us, breaks it down to two, three and a half year increments, which obviously add up to seven years. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what we want to make sure we do, especially when we're talking about prophecy, because prophecy is the, uh, is the key to understanding proper doctrine. We certainly don't want to start formulating our own doctrines. Uh, we want God to show us what he meant and not us tell God what we think he meant. And the only way to do that is uh, to compare Scripture with Scripture. Absolutely. And, and that just keeps coming back to my mind as you're talking about uh, all the prophecies that are fulfilled in Revelation. Like, don't just read Revelation 6 through 19, because there's so many Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled and that are explained and, and that are you have to, you have to compare script. It's like God is forcing us to do that yeah. if we're going to understand His Word, and, and that's how we got from Daniel nine the seventy weeks to Genesis uh, twenty nine understanding what a week is. It wasn't just seventy literal weeks, and, and that's the thing is the Word of God is literal, um, and we take it as such unless He tells us otherwise. And I think this is a, a prime example of that. And, and I think it was. Um, uh, after our, our last episode, uh, you and I were talking actually because um, I was I was looking at Daniel nine in the King James version of the Bible, and uh, and I was just curious, um, and I looked at Daniel nine in, in a, a modern version of the Bible in the NIV, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and there wasn't anywhere in, in that modern version. Uh, where it says 70 weeks in mm -hmm. Daniel 9, 24 through 27. It says 77s um, and, and other types of phrases and terminology. Um, it, it's not until you look at the little post notes or, or the little footnotes that, that you'll see. It'll say, or weeks. Maybe. And, yeah. That's assuming you uh, have a, uh, a copywriter who is willing to put that in there. Right. Because some of them yeah. don't. Well, that's the discretion of man anyway. Um, but the scary thing is, you cannot get to Genesis 29 from Daniel 9 to find out what a week is, or that it's even a week if you're looking at, if you're reading that NIV that, or that modern version. Like, what are 77s? Like, that's so ambiguous. Uh, so you're not even going to know to compare Scripture to Scripture or know that Genesis 29 is the key. So in Revelation, if we were to go to the last chapter, yes, you know, God says something that I think every single person listening to this should seriously, seriously consider. God says, don't take from my word and don't add to my word. Anybody that does so will be cursed. Mm -hmm. So so we can argue about the King James issue all we want. All I can say is you have to pick a side, though. And what I mean by that is you only have three choices. Either you don't believe the King James and you don't believe any of the modern-day modern translations, 
Okay, that's one side you can pick. Mm-hmm. Number two, you could pick the King James, or number three, you could pick the modern day versions. And you say, well, why are you separating the King James? Because King James is the only one that comes from Texas Receptus. Yeah, that manuscript. We're talking about manuscripts here, mm-hmm. and you know the the argument is not really truthfully what translation. No. The argument is, is what manuscript Correct. did the translation come from? Correct. Most people don't even understand that. Yeah. They don't understand where manuscripts came from. Yeah. And the reason why we're separating the t- King James from all other manuscripts is because, or all other transla- English translations, is because the King James is the only one that comes from Texas Receptus, which, by the way, is the Byzantine text that came out of Antioch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and all other translations come from what we call Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, uh, a left or B, uh, if you want to put some other terminology to that. And, uh, and those manuscripts came out of Alexandria, Egypt. Right. Okay. Um, so here's the deal. What came out of Alexandria, Egypt, has up to 64,000 words missing. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I'm asserting, you gotta, you got to pick a choice here, because God said don't add to my word or don't take, or don't take from my word. Yeah. Either the King James added to the, to the word, because it has 64,000 more words, or the modern translations took from the word. So you, if yeah. you're gonna, if, if you are a Bible believer, yeah. this is a bigger issue than most people think. Yeah, and and you need to take a stand for something. Yeah, and we're definitely gonna hit an episode or oh, two no, no. on this issue. Or three. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I, I just I was thinking about this uh, as you were talking because if I had an NIV in front of me and that's what I was using. Unfortunately, I have effectively rendered myself incapable of identifying a that it was seventy weeks and b that God is using that to depict a four hundred ninety year period. Well, you would also have period. a hard time identifying the Trinity because First John five seven is taken out. Yeah, literally exactly. The ver- literally, the verse is taken out. Yeah, you would also have a hard time uh, uh, identifying what it was that. Uh, the uh, the Ethiopian eunuch had to believe in because to Acts be saved. 37 is taken out. You uh, wouldn't know the mystery of godliness that First Timothy 3.16 says that God was manifest in the flesh. The list goes on. As a, and, and we could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so that, yeah. Th- there's that. But I just, I, I thought, man, this is just, we could not have these conversations right now without our King James well, Bible. And, and and I'll say this, um, as a as a studier of, of, uh, of, Prophecy, yeah, uh, something that I've loved to do my whole life. Uh, it's the very thing that drew me to the Bible. I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was against the Bible. I was borderline atheist till twenty eight years old. But what drew me to this book was prophecy, was the unexplainable, unbelievable, factual evidence of precise fulfillment of prophecy. And all I can say is uh, that is the reason why I hold so strong. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but if I was going to pick the biggest reason Mm -hmm. that I hold so strong to a King James Bible, Mm -hmm. because from a prophetic standpoint, you change even one word, you've you've done messed up some stuff, and you aren't going to be able to put things together right. And, And we wonder why we're teaching some of the stuff that we're teaching in churches today. Uh, and, and, and listen, I've heard people flat out say we won't even approach prophecy because it's a divisive in the church. Mm. And you know what? Mm. If you're teaching it wrong, yeah, you're right. Sure. It is divisive. Sure. But when it's taught right, mm. it's not divisive. It's a, it's a testimony of Jesus. And, and there is, yeah. 
and there is a right way oh, yeah. to teach it. That's not, that's not arrogant. That's biblical. It's Absolutely. God's way, yeah. rightly divided. There is a way. Yeah. Okay, so with that being said, uh, we, 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 we got about maybe 10 or 15 minutes left here in this episode. Let's, we have let's, to go through the entire book of Revelation yes, in 10 let's, minutes. Let's, <laughs> let's, Crash let's course. just do a, uh, uh, a quick overview, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think one of, the, uh, one of the best places to do that overview, believe it or not, is, is Matthew 24. Mm. Um, right. Yes, sir. Uh, I was just wondering if, when you're getting into it, if I could just read Daniel nine twenty seven to set the whole thing yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So in Daniel nine twenty seven, now it says that, uh, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's your week ag- again, and in the midst of the week he shall co- uh, cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and to determ- and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So that's setting up the 70th week right there in that verse. Right. And so, and again, he says in the midst of the week, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that puts us at the three and a half year point. That would be the middle of, 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 of a seven year period of time. And of course, if you go to Matthew 24 um, and, 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 and you were to go through that, and, and again, that's why you would need to understand who Matthew was written to. Right. Um, because, you know, unfortunately people have taught you can lose your salvation and things like that because of verses in Matthew 24. Well, the fact of the matter is, is Matthew 24 is talking about the Jews in the tribulation period and the church has nowhere to be in sight. Mm. So it has nothing to do with the church. Uh, it has everything to do with the Jews in the tribulation period. Um, and so anyways, and the reason why we know that is because just watch what Jesus says, right? He says that uh, uh, he starts off by saying, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be Antichrist. Uh, he, he talks about how there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. He talks about how there's going to be pestilences. And he talks about how there's going to be um, uh, these things that are going to take place in the tribulation period. And, and what he's doing is he's unraveling the, uh, the seals, judgments. Uh, if you were to compare Matthew 24 with Revelation 6, uh, you're going to see some uh, coincidence that uh, is just beyond... Uh, uh, our ability to 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 understand <laughs> outside of the fact that you know what Jesus was unraveling for us in Matthew 24 was the the tribulation period and he talks about when you see therefore the abomination of desolation in Matthew 24 again he's talking about Daniel 70 the week prophecy now uh, he, he says you know he tells the Jews uh, to go run into the hills why because at the middle of the tribulation period the Antichrist is going to be hell-bent on destroying every Jew you say, well, why, why, is, why is the Antichrist going to be hell-bent on destroying the Jews? Because the Antichrist knows that if the Jews call upon Jesus as Messiah, That's he's it. going to return. Uh, it's always been, the devil's always been bent on destroying Jews. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, you don't think the devil knew in 1948 that, that, that the Jews were about to come back into their land? He, he, he knows this Bible. Yeah, he 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 knows that uh, Ezekiel prophesied the exact time uh, that that Israel would come back into this land. So what do you think he tried to do to the Jews prior to 1948? Well, they raised up a guy by the name of Adolf Hitler. Yeah, Holocaust. Yeah, right. To try to destroy them. Yeah. Uh, the devil. There's something to that. If you want to sure. fo- if you want to follow. You know, we I think we we may have mentioned this, and we certainly mentioned it in our church. Listen. When God moves, mm-hmm. just just make sure you know, the devil's always going to counter move, okay? And that's just the way it, that, that that's been that that's history, uh, you know. But but nothing's new under the sun, uh, you know. What, yeah. what has been shall be, 
you want to know where we're going, just look where we've been, and you're going to be able to unravel the truth of what's coming. Uh, the devil's always been hell-bent on destroying the Jews. And the reason why he's hell-bent on destroying the Jews because he knows that's where Messiah is going to come from. And the reason why he knows that's where Messiah is going to come from is because he knows the Bible just as well. I would argue he knows the Bible better than any mm-hmm. Christian on planet Earth today. Yeah. He, 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 is, he knows who the Word of God is. Mm-hmm. You, you understand? Uh, but anyways, with all that being said, uh, that seven-year tribulation, if you compare Matthew 24 with Revelation 6, you're going to clearly see uh, some, 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 the, how Jesus breaks it down for us. He talks about how those first four seals are the beginning of sorrows. Uh, then he talks about how uh, the Daniels, uh, when you see that uh, uh, abomination of desolation t- take place and run to the hills, and when you do, uh, then great tribulation uh, will will take place, and of course, the great tribulation is the second half of the tribulation period, um, which would be the seals five, six, and seven, if you will, uh, respectively, in in Revelation six. And the one thing that I would want to turn people's attention to, uh, just to make sure, because what I'm about to say might confuse some people. So, um, if you go to Revelation six, and you uh, look at the sixth seal, and, and again, this is going to be something that uh, this is why you want to make sure you uh, have a good working knowledge of the Old Testament. But if you go to the sixth seal, starting in verse 12, I'm in Revelation 6. It says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth and hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts untimely figs, when she is shaken of the mighty wind. And, and, and the uh, heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place, and, and, and it goes on uh, from there. Now, now, listen, you would have to go back into uh, the Old Testament to recognize that when the sun turns black and when the moon turns blood is uh, when the day of the Lord culminates. In other words, it's the end of the tribulation period. The heavens are going to scroll back. Why? Mm. Because Jesus is getting ready to return, Revelation 19. Yeah. Okay? Right. The reason why I bring that all to everyone's attention is because what this does is it helps us understand that this book isn't a timeline. Right. Okay? You're not necessarily, when you start, when you get to Revelation 6 and you go through 19, you're not looking at a timeline of events. You're not looking at seven seals, then seven trumpets. After the seals. Right. And and then seven. No. What you're looking at is four different tellings of the story. Mm -hmm. The seal judgments are taking place during the whole seven-year tribulation. Then uh, the trumpet judgments are taking place through the whole seven-year tribulation, right? The vile judgments, the wrath of God, uh, we probably could argue those take place in the second half of the tribulation period. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so certainly that because that, that's when God starts to unleash his wrath, okay? Uh, but then you also see what we would call uh, personages, um, and you would see those in, in chapter 10, uh, chapter 11, and chapter 12. Uh, there's seven personages, and those seven personages, and when we say personages, we're talking about the, 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 the woman, 
uh, of Revelation 12, which is Israel, the man-child, which is Jesus, the, 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 uh, the great red dragon, which is Satan, mm-hmm. uh, the two witnesses, which are Elijah and, and Moses. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, and all, so we're talking about, the, and they all have a role to play during that seven-year tribulation. So it's like layer on top of layer on right. top, kind of like that. And so, and so if you're listening, you go, well, no, that ain't right. God doesn't do that. Well, yes, he does. When God announced Jesus' first coming, how many tes- testaments do we have to his first coming? Incidentally, four. Four gospels. Four gospels. Yep. So, of course, when, when we're announcing his second coming, God's going to do the same thing. He yep. gives us four perspectives of his second coming. And you said an indication of that seven years is the sun darkening, the, the moon turning blood red. Absolutely. Um, and, and when you see that, you kind of know and, that's the... And here's what's fun, right? Now, you start playing with this stuff, man. We could really have a lot of fun with this. Right. So um, in the in the when the seal judgments are complete, uh, uh, it says, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, hold on, I just want to go back to uh, chapter eight. Right. Look, at, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's that. Time of still. The wrath of God, Jesus is getting ready to come back to it's earth. It's the calm before the storm. The calm before the storm, right? And then you go through your trumpet judgments, and you're going to see uh, that uh, there's a, uh, uh, a time space, if you will, uh, between the, uh, the, 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 uh, the seventh trumpet and the return of Jesus, and then the same thing for the vials. And, and interestingly enough, how many? that's three, seven, 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 Right, seven is a number of complete completion in the Bible and and the Holy Trinity. The last time I checked, there's Three. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Each one of those is reflective to what the Father is doing during the tribulation, what the Son's doing during the tribulation, and what the Holy Spirit is doing during the tribulation. God is so much you in wanna, perfect order. It's amazing. Well, there's no doubt about it that those four. That is what's going on. That 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 that. that it's a telling of the complete story four times. Mm. Um, if, if, if you're listening and you go, what did he just say? Uh, that's why I would say, hey, do yourself a favor. Just, just, just for, even if for giggles, just get on our website, buy the book, and, and start reading. Mm-hmm. And, and if not for anything, if not for anything, it will entice you to learn your Bible more. Amen. That I promise. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, so this is the culmination of the seven-year tribulation, uh, the culmination of Daniel's seventieth week. And if you remember, going back, and we'll close this up now. If you remember in Daniel nine twenty-four, verse twenty-four, we if we were to go back to that, uh, it talks about how seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and thy holy city. Um, you know, so uh, when we look at that. Uh, what we're talking about is thy people, Daniel's people, is Israel, right? And and the holy city is Jerusalem. And so when will the nation of Israel be uh, 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 cleansed, if you will, based on this verse? You know, it says that the reconciliation for iniquity, uh, to bring up everlasting righteousness, to finish the, the transgression, uh, to make an end of sins and, and seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. When's that going to happen for the nation of Israel? 
Uh, we could go to Romans 11 right now. We could go to all the Old Testament prophecies that speak on this event. It's going to take place at the end of the seven-year tribulation when Jesus returns uh, on his white horse with the church, by the way, following him. And, and he is going to uh, do some damage on planet Earth. Like <laughs> Some people just don't understand what kind of damage he's about to bring. It's going to be uh, some pretty, pretty, you know, when he talks about uh, uh, trouncing the wine press yeah. and that the blood's going to come up to the bridle of the horse, uh, you're talking about some serious damage Jesus is going to bring. And we just don't like yeah. to think of Jesus that way. Yeah. But he is a God of vengeance, mm. and he is going to bring his vengeance on planet Earth like we've never seen. And yeah. it's going to be a very, very scary time. Uh, and and we need to make sure that we're on the right side of uh, of this Amen. thing. Yeah, and he will. So, uh, he will definitely be uh, kicking butt and taking names yes. to say the yes. least. So just yeah. so you so you can know for reference there in uh, Revelation fourteen, right. particularly verses uh, nineteen and twenty, you see that wrath yeah. being poured out, and, and right. he does that when he pours out that wrath. It's without mixture. It's full strength at that yeah. point. All and the vials have been filled up, yeah. and, and the world has reached its its peak of of sin. And he comes and he. He, he puts his judgment down like never before, his wrath, his indignation, the Bible says. And, and those are the characteristics that you see in all of those Old Testament prophecies about the day of the Lord. Yeah. A terrible day, a yeah. great and terrible day Darkness of vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he makes no bones about it. And so as we wrap up Daniel's 70th week, you know, again, what I would say is here's, here's what we're looking for. As, as, we, as we are entering a period of time that I think the Bible speaks more about than even when Jesus was here mm -hmm. uh, that first time. We're entering that period of time now. I, I think we're already in it. Uh, it's, 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 it's beyond unbelievable how many prophecies speak of the day that we live in and, and what's coming here in the very near future. But here's the thing we want to understand. The day is coming when God, through his son, is going to return to this earth and set up a physical, literal kingdom here on earth where Jesus is going to sit on the throne and he is going to be uh, king uh, over Israel and over all of the earth. And that's why it's so critical to understand Daniel's 70th week. But then, to top that off, it's critical to understand the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Because and if you don't understand the difference, yeah. you are going to miss out, mm. uh, most likely, on really truly understanding everything we've just talked about in these last three episodes. Yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a culmination of what is coming for Israel, yeah. and 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 it's so important and so vital to understand. And I believe, if I if I'm correct, that's going to be our next couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and that is going to. Um leave us parking parking right here, um, and, and that is a perfect segue, because you're right, th those do go hand in hand, Pastor Frank. And so um, next time, we are going to be uh, talking about the uh, differences uh, between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, um, because God very clearly says there are differences, that they are very different kingdoms. And so uh, we hope you'll join us next time for that. Um, until then, uh, stay in the Word. Uh, we praise the Lord for it and for you hanging with us, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio. 
Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.